Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Applause, applause indeed, and welcome to Money Can't Buy You podcast, a musical odyssey through the song stylings of the Real Housewives, a part of the Mastus Network. I'm Dan. And I'm Tracy. And I'm Sarah. And I'd like to say that occasionally when I finish an edit of the main podcast, I say aloud to myself, a Mastus production, and then I, <laughs> and I applaud. <laughs> Do then all of all of the cats just clap their paws together in, in support? Um, that's... That's one way of looking at what they do. Yes. <laughs> um, well, it's nice to see and hear you all. Uh, and welcome. Um, today, <laughs> with regrets. <laughs> oh, no. We've had a few. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, we will be um, digging into yet another one of the song stylings of The Real Housewives. And this time we will be concentrating on, I would say, the most polarizing cast member of The Real Housewives mm. of New Jersey. But that definitely implies that there's some uh, support for her on the love side of the poll. <laughs> and uh, I think we have to dig into whether or not that is true i will say by intro that personally i could not have loved more the first season of the real housewives of new jersey it was the fourth one in the franchise it sort of was the first one that really featured these organic kind of family connections that you didn't find on the other kind of manufactured friendship iterations of the franchise it included the first real viral Housewives moment with the table flip. Mm. It introduced Teresa to the world, if not ever the correct pronunciation of her last name, which we're still <laughs> casting around for. But um, where do you come down on that? I come down on Judice. What about you? Um, same. I think that's probably okay. not correct. Well, I but think it's like there's actual Italian and then there's like Jersey Italian pronunciations. And in New Jersey, right. I think Judice is correct. I think that's and the fallback. Yeah. And I think that in Tracy. fact, they, because they, it was Judice at first. And then I think right. as they got more attention, they kind of changed it to Judice or Judice. <laughs> but I think they always actually pronounced it Judice, which is probably an Americanization of the actual Italian name. But. I know. I mean, and I think, like, honestly, if you put together my, you know, 23andMe profile, there would be a large sliver that wouldn't say Italian. It would actually say Jersey Italian, <laughs> which is the, like, which is the level of Italian that my family ever ascended to. So I'm going to stick with Judice if we can uh, go with yeah. that as the um, as the standard. Well, fair. and since, uh, yeah, since no Judices yet will be singing... D Gia may yet. Um, oh yeah. Get, oh yeah. Get, like catch us on the backstretch. I I hope that for her. But um, it really doesn't matter actually because I. That's well. Maybe it, maybe pronunciation is an issue for our subject today. Do you say Staub well, or Staub? <laughs> I say Staub. 
Yeah, I mean, I say it as infrequently as possible, so <laughs> sure. I don't. I, I guess I would go with. I guess I would go with stop. Yeah, I guess we should clarify that we are discussing a, a single, such as it is, from um, <laughs> sometime housewife and current um, friend of yeah. the housewives. I guess is where is where she's um, where the housewives union has her drawing paychecks <laughs> Danielle <Yeah>. stop <laughs> yeah yes she is fl- flatly at scale right now union wise because she was a uh, main for the first seasons of the show um as kind of the you know spoiler hated villain character and played sort of just the one dimensional villain um who I would say from the first season of the show to the second season of the show, I my my opinion on the uh, on this city turned as quickly as any uh, ever could because during the week of May twenty fourth and May thirty first of two thousand and ten. <laughs> wow, doing your research, Dan. Wow. Doing my research, getting up early. Um, the during the second season of the Real Housewives of New Jersey, um, Danielle brings an entourage full of hell's angels and ex-cons um including her friend danny who was to his credit only six days away from being off parole (laughs) to a charity fundraiser for an infant with cancer (laughs) and i rewatched these episodes this morning and i'm happy to report they were exactly as bad as i remembered them being um and again don't get me wrong i have worked on some dodgy shows myself over the years uh after a stint on a show about child beauty pageant contestants, a relative of mine described my entire career as the destroying our daughter's world tour. <laughs> oh, no. But Danielle, <laughs> Danny, and the rest of the gang from Altamont was a new low for reality TV I'm not sure that I've seen repeated. And I have barely watched an episode of The Real Housewives of New Jersey since that time, which I know is not true for either of you guys. <laughs> yeah, but I will say Danielle, um, from she was always very dark. Um, and The Real Housewives of New Jersey has a lot of darkness as the um, franchise in which multiple people have gone to prison, <laughs> for example. But Danielle brought, in the first season, it was sort of like this darkness and she was, uh, you know, a foil to Teresa and that sort of thing. But in the second season, it was like, underworld darkness in a literal and figurative sense which was not it it turned me off as well and I think a lot of people not me (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have watched with the exception weirdly of the first um other Joey and Melissa season and I don't remember why I missed that one I guess that's season four three four I forget yeah. when. I think it was three. There was some point at which various man Z were like, we out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sort of kept going and coming back and going. And I think I was like, if this show is really going to be mostly about Teresa, I can't. Because she's yep. like poisonously stupid and unattractive uh, like on a number of axes to me. And I was like, if this is going to be like rehabilitating this shit as cute. I don't think I can do it. So there are a lot of flashbacks to the first set of um, Melissa Teresa set twos that I never saw that I'm like, is Hmm. this, 
did they, you know, do reshoots? Because why does Gorga have hair and like all the stuff? Oh yeah, that so, was when his hair came off in a fight with Joe Judice. Oh god, Gorga said like, they got in a fight, and then there was just like, everyone was like, "What's this black shit everywhere?" And it was his yeah. spray on hair. And then he was like, oh, "And finally, days. I admit that you know I accept reality and start shaving my head." Yeah, and like the Gore guy are not great. But I and I forget why I tagged back in, probably for editorial money making reasons. <laughs> um, the the destruction of the reputation of New Jersey tour. But there is, you know, I used to say that like, um, what like Real Housewives franchises and following them was like famous Scientologists that you were allowed to have one that you like. <laughs> <laughs> I um, was also the one who watched Real Housewives of Miami, and I am still on Leah Black's like PR blast list, which is pretty funny. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But um, Jersey is pretty much the only one, like because you live in the world, you know what various Atlantans or um, like New Yorkers are up to. But Jersey is my um, d- reality Scientology jam. I guess, but you're absolutely right that there is a darkness in this one that is not present. Um, and I I would say that this franchise is also the one that has the hardest job of balancing what you're seeing and what you already know has overtaken what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. Particularly this season where I just watched the latest episode yesterday. It's um, Danielle's bachelorette party yes she's being a bridezilla in this way that is both obviously being suggested by production but also because she in my unaccredited opinion has a borderline personality Mm. um is very sincere in a way like when she's starting shit it feels very canned but then once the shit happens you can almost hear her getting a lady boner like ions are rearranging themselves around her into thrilledness so but like we all know that like she got married and then immediately her new husband was like you are not well and I Mm. have to leave so Mm. it like now we're really in it with the Danielle experience again and there is, you know, I, I shouldn't be diagnosing people ever, much less on this podcast, but there is something very, it's not even dark about her. It's like, this is no longer entertaining. It's right. like yeah. when you get to sort of the third um, episode in a row on your DVR of intervention and you're like, I don't mm-hmm. think I should be a part of this mm-hmm. cultural yep. experience because she... Mm-hmm. Like the whole, all the shit with her daughters and like them being, like her being upset about how they were like stalked and had to change schools and all this stuff because of the shit that went down with Teresa. And I'm like, but that's not, that's one of like five things in the world that's not on Teresa. That's on you. And also Mm -hmm. you're a drama queen and they parent you. And you're seeing all of this come up again. In the current season of The Real Housewives and then going back to prepare this episode and looking back at her musical relationship with yeah. <laughs> Lori Michaels. Is that her name? Um, mm-hmm. Her actual... name is lesbian superstar Lori Michaels. Excuse Sarah. me. 
LSLM. Yeah. Hashtag LSLM. Um, yeah. And the way that she sort of is physically, not just like musically glomming onto this person while they're singing together. And then the cuts <laughs> over to Andy Cohen looking both pleased that this is going how he thought but also well aware that there is a major huge joker's wild size wild card of danielle that he is not going to be able to control well right exactly and and you know just speaking further to your point um i do think you should feel free to diagnose her all you would like i know that we're not supposed to do that in the uh, popular imagination, but my uh, father-in-law is a psychiatrist and he wandered through the room when my husband and I were watching an episode several years ago, watched exactly 45 seconds of a scene, chuckled under his breath, she's mentally ill and toddled out of the room. I was like, that's all the diagnosis I was looking for. Yeah. So, it's really, um, I mean, you know, her daughter turned up at this bachelorette party where like, you know, male strippers are thrusting in her face well her Mm -hmm. quote face unquote when they show flashbacks to the you were 19 times and then the table goes over and Mm -hmm. which they do at least once an episode because (laughs) they have to she i mean it's clearly still her and yes i don't look like i looked 10 ish years ago either but Man, like, Alastin, stop. Just stop. (laughs) She looks like one of those um, puppets from the Land of Confusion video. It's getting really bad. Specifically the Nancy Reagan puppet. Kids, ask your parents. Don't look it up. Just ask your parents. Don't Google it. It's really upsetting. Definitely look it up. Because now we know that the series finale of The Real Housewives of New Jersey will just be her pressing the button (laughs) on the wall and the whole world blows up. So definitely... Definitely here for it. If any one of the, if any one of these women would hasten the end of the world, it would definitely be Antichrist Danielle Stab. And the problem again with her presence in the beginning of the show, and I assume now, is that if you're gonna villain edit somebody, then you at least need some sort of shades of gray. Like I always cite Camille Grammer from Beverly Hills as someone who was also brought in to be hated, but she was just like kind of too nuanced and fabulous, and people actually felt like a core of empathy for her. Whereas I don't think that that was ever true about Danielle, and when she was coming back onto the show, I was like, is there really anything left to learn about this person? Tracy, is is there? Well, I mean, I don't. Well, so last season when she came back, I will say there was this moment when she, with her tearful reconciliation with Teresa at whatever, like, Siggy Flicker Institute they attended where they were, like, in some, like, rock circle. Um, oh, I did watch that with yeah, you. Yeah. Where she was, like, I did feel, that was, I think, the first time that I actually felt a sort of a spark of empathy for her where I was like, you know, she's definitely a person who is not right um, in in many ways. And she is horrible, but also came on this show where I feel like her entire existence was about people calling her trash, garbage, scum, etc. Um, and that certainly happened in the earlier seasons. And then even when she came on in the past few, you know, she and Teresa, they kind of made up and are on friendlier terms now. But there's another character, Dolores, who 
hates Danielle um, and sort of calls her all those names again. And it's kind of, I don't know, it, it becomes a little bit like, ugh, like I know she's awful, but I, I was sad to see her come back, <laughs> I have to say. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, she, like, she is awful, but it's also, and when I say that I think she has a borderline personality, that's not, like, I'm not trying to be insulting actually like there's Mm -hmm. plenty of other things to insult about her but i do think think that she has like a legit condition (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that um as a counselor friend of mine once said about this um condition like if you think that they're exhausting to deal with you wouldn't last five minutes being them like I, i think it's i think she's just in a constant state of like high like tuned up misery and seeking all the time and i don't this is still a human being and Mm -hmm. i don't enjoy watching her scrambling to be in her own life in this way but i also think it's really kind of um instructive would be a nice way to put it fucked up was my first thought of how to put it is that there are like actual criminals on the show that some first of all some of them are not deemed by the show criminals and that stuff will be pushed to the background so various allegations about manzo family business connections are Like, that's an outrage. And then Andy moves on to the next question. Like, okay, (laughs) like, look, I'm from Jersey and just don't look at it directly for too long and we'll all be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're not involved, you won't be killed. And that's how that works. Uh, Don't at me. So, (laughs) but that Danielle, like, becomes the lightning rod for, like, everyone's sort of free-floating rage and contempt about the state of the state of New Jersey Mm, is, that's the dark part Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. That it's like, oh, well, it's, like, sort of cute that um, Jacqueline's husband has declared bankruptcy, like, 15 times because of a black sports drink and black blk water (laughs) yeah and and then here's like well we're gonna give them a spinoff and talk about how cute it is that they all still live at home and had like storefronts bought for them for their parents so that they would have a place to go and uh, like Jacqueline clearly had some substance challenges that were only addressed by them basically being like you gotta go or maybe she made that decision herself who knows Mm -hmm. but that Danielle is like well here's this miserable cartoon Mm -hmm. and we'll just direct everything at her yeah and she, anyway, she, has, she yeah. has that sort of countenance, too, of being that person who's always been the punching bag. Like, there's always been this hardness about her um, in a way that I think Teresa is sort of calcified <laughs> with that kind of hardness over the past few years. Um, but you just know with Danielle, there's something about the combination of her life experiences that have created this um, this person who is um, just an object of abuse and also quite unwell totally yeah i agree and i think that sort of thin skin that occasionally is allowed to grow over an absolute like yawning abscess of self-pity 
is really easily broken. Like in any episode in which she figures there's going to be like just this moment where the abyss opens and we're all st- staring into it with her. So mm-hmm. this has been a cheery wow. episode. Thanks I for know. listening. everyone. <laughs> um, all right. Well, wow. let's get, let's get back to now that we've um, diagnosed everything from New Jersey's self-identity, which I feel like I've been talking about a lot on this podcast yeah. lately. <laughs> no one cares anymore to Deep. Danielle herself. Um, maybe Dan, or Tracy, you can remind me of where this song that we're about to contemplate fell in the timeline of Danielle actually being on the show. Because I feel like this was, she sort of left the show and then was like, but hey, I'm back. Yeah. I'm gay. Maybe. I I do think it was after season two, like shortly after. So she was still in the ether but she was not active. This is my recollection. Although Dan, now the the, the Staub historian in the room, maybe you can answer that with more more definity. The docent of the Staub Museum. <laughs> I um, I don't literally no idea because, like I said, she um, you know, and it it might be instructive if you still do want to listen to these that if you uh are going to have difficulty listening to her sing, then you will also have difficulty just listening to her speak. Because um, despite your diagnosis and your ability last time to make me feel bad for Erica Dane, (laughs) it's not going to work here. She's just a psychopath. Okay. And we can remember that from digging in quickly to some of these clips. Uh, A, she was, um, as we mentioned earlier, the most famous um, Housewives moment probably ever in history. So then she, I don't know if it was kind of an image rehabilitation or just in an effort to stay relevant that she came up with this song. But Tracy, do you remember even the first time you heard this? It was definitely on Watch What Happens Live, <laughs> um, of which we do uh, have a clip, if I'm not mistaken. But yes, yeah, we she do. Kinda, she showed up on Watch What Happens Live. And then, as you know, periodically there are musical performances on that show, which are... <laughs> delightful slash horrifying it's all it's all one um really and so she has this so there's lesbian superstar Lori michaels of whom i had not heard previously no. but is apparently and i feel like we have not heard anything about her since no no one knows where she came from where she went but she was on this episode of watch what happens live and so um danielle uh sang this duet with her and Laurie Michaels does appear to be an actual musician um she played a keyboard and um was sitting with Danielle uh right next to her on the piano bench kind of nuzzling at her <laughs> as they performed looking down song. her shirt I feel was what looking was down happening her shirt sort of nuzzling um maybe like one deep moment of eye connection it's it was it was that kind of thing and I was like what is this I know I distinctly remember seeing this and feeling like I don't like this is live and I don't know what's gonna happen I really don't (laughs) I know it's not gonna be good but I don't know what's gonna happen and Lori Michaels sings the first half of the song she does and Danielle is just like holding a mic and looking at her boobs and nuzzling and look, trying to look very like um it's sort of like she, i think she's trying to look 
romantical. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or like this moment true. is so infused with meaning for her. Like it like it's so deep, you know. Yeah. So Meanwhile, Lori Michaels is like, a lot of people watch this show and I'm just trying to get paid. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's right, girl. Dollar. Even lesbian superstars. Yeah. Well, because unlike the thirstiness of a Kim, uh, Danielle had never expressed a desire to be involved in music anywhere on the show, as I remember, right? Like, this was just so. a complete left turn. I th- yeah. Think, I mean, I except right. that, like, it's just her general thirst. Well, like, right. they will put that on her headstone. Like, she is the thirstiest. <laughs> yeah. General thirst. So this yes, is in the where, housewives, this was the housewives the, um, military. source of hydration that she happened to right. stumble upon. Yeah. <laughs> Shall we play a brief clip of her on Watch What Happens Live? Uh, yes. This is where Danielle begins to sing, and it is a somewhat rocky beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so scared? so scared why am I so scared you are the one I want to run to the one I want to call when all my dreams seem shattered when I seem to lose it all the one I want to run to the one I want to call you my all I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so terrified. Wow. Oh, and it is, it right is there with you. The, the look that he gives when they flash to him in the middle of the song is amazing. Oh, it's it's art. <laughs> it's, yeah. I will try to I will try so to bad. clip it and you can see it on our oh, Twitter God. feed, which is at Talk Songs. Yeah. So yeah, like this is I mean, it's not good. And there's so much around it. Like it's stuffed with so much baggage also. Um, mm. but Stav has an okay voice. Their voices go well together, but the song is so simple as to be like, I'm not sure it is even a whole song. It's like a, suh. like, it's just something that you would <laughs> say that it's like, well, I've been working on something like at the, you know, teen coffee house in your town. Right. Yeah. And, you and it str- is, you know, the- two chords. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of closeness. There's a lot of fear of closeness. <laughs> and we don't hear the verses on this. And I think on the clip of our version, we don't, it's basically the the same as this. We don't have the verses too. But the first verse is, if I could tell you how I feel, and if I could show you my loves for real, if I could let you in my soul, you would know. And then the second verse is, if you could tell me how you feel, <laughs> and if you could show me your loves for real, if you could let me in your soul, would know so it's the there's basically one verse with the pronoun changed yeah yeah i mean i would 
like I think that you have referred to this as like the shortest walk between the original and your version. Is that do I remember that correctly? I think yes, that, that yeah. is accurate. And there is, I mean, it is a very bare bones, um, even the recorded version of it, um, aside from the dance remix, which we, we may discuss later. But it's very oh, simple. We will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I just... clipped. And, uh, t- that, but that was where I was going with that, that it's like, why? Yeah, these, no, it's just piano, piano and the two voices, as opposed to, you know, all of these sort of hyper produced um, things that we've listened to previously. And even that, you know, the, the Kim Zolciak ballad had a lot of production and sort of layers on it whereas this is just sort of very acoustic um in nature i'm guessing because laurie michaels is uh, you know has some actual musical talent so it was like no 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 we'll just do this and it'll be it, it ups the romantical factor because it's so intimate May I speak briefly to the concept yes. of performative lesbianism sure. as it pertains to the housewives no one <laughs> music? <laughs> Only briefly? Boo. Very brief. <laughs> so when you move into the post-production and editing side of the process on these shows, one of the things that you have to do is pitch titles for your episodes. I swear I'll get back to the point very soon. And then the network chooses one of your titles or they pick your own. And this task is supposed to be approximately like 0.01% of your many daily tasks when you work as a producer on these shows. But for some reason, getting your episode title chosen was always like a badge of success akin to like the Presidential Medal of Honor. Like it was really important. And so in season three of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, when Kim was doing her fake lesbian storyline on the actual show and was dating DJ Tracy Young, who was her producer on Tardy for the Party, she accompanied her to a charity drag racing event. So performative lesbianism plus actual drag racing, and they did not, for some reason, title the episode The Fast and the Bi-Curious <laughs> for reasons I will literally never understand. But I thought it was... um Anyway, <laughs> I thought it was... <laughs> Very interesting that two there are two intersecting storylines, one on the show and one just on the set of Watch What Happens Live, where they use this performative lesbianism to try to forward not only their storyline but also their musical stylings. And I kind of wondered why that would um why that would be the case. Mm. Like we never heard anything about Danielle and Lori Michaels' storied relationship again after this, did we? No. Th- well, because Lori Michaels is probably in wit sex somewhere for reasons that, <laughs> you know, it's Danielle. Um, yeah, exactly. yeah. The funny thing about that, I mean, I guess it's not funny. It's just like funny, peculiar in the same way that everything Staub-esque is, is that I think this was not cynical or performative, except in that everything that she does when she's awake is Like, I think she felt Mm -hmm. this very sincerely, and I'm pretty sure Lori Michaels was like, well, she's not, she's not like other people, and we're just (laughs) gonna try to get in front of a national audience and hope some of them download my shit on iTunes, and then when Danielle's distracted by something else shiny, then, like, you know, the meter's running on this, so... But Danielle, I think, is absolutely the type that would be performatively coy about whether they're in a relationship and performatively offended by questions about it and also performatively performative about 
trying to get attention mm-hmm. for this shift in her sexuality, which I don't think is necessarily a shift because she is thirsty and that's her sexuality is yes. And like, is the camera on? So. Yeah. And I yeah. think she's, uh, she's always seemed to view herself as a very like sexual, sensual person. And so I feel like there's a part in her mind where she was like, Oh, people will love to see me get it on with a lady. <laughs> or did they, which I don't, I don't know that that holds. No. Frankly. Well, I no. mean, to see her sort of, like entwined with a woman who has all the um, factory installed parts <laughs> versus the upgrades. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's like, it like turns into this uncanny valley thing mm. where you now a like human sex doll, like there's so, yeah. there's so much man-made material in you. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah, I don't know. It's, uh. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely this sense of the, um, the sexuality being leveraged and used. Like she's not gonna, she's not gonna do mm-hmm. the work, certainly. But yeah, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But right, it's right. the it's the same way that she leverages and uses literally every other thing in her life, including her kids and her eighty eight engagements. So right, seventeen <laughs> right. times. Uh, well and certainly this song has no business being a club track but it was not one but three Mm. club tracks and it's it's like someone built it from a kit like play school's my first dance track there's kind of nothing going on i'm gonna play a very short clip so that we can get back to the uh to the real musicianship around here (laughs) I mean, why? So much reverb, so much breathiness, and then the way it's sped up is... It's like when you don't realize that you've put a podcast or audiobook on at 1.5 speed, and you're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, oh, right. Uh, yeah. I will say, oh. though, that the, the song, I, this was the one song that when I was um, sort of figuring out how to play it that I had to ask for help. There are a few, a few curveball chords in here. There is a, a six flat um in there and so it does have like a little bit of musical complexity my guess is that lesbian superstar Lori michaels is um <laughs> that that's sort of her you know she seems like a competent piano player i feel like she most likely has some sort of a musical background well so why don't you guys talk about how you how you um had this song on your list where it was on your list your process of I- interfacing yeah. with this well, I would, I would like Moment Dan to talk to about Danielle's this. Moment to Danielle's life. <laughs> yeah. Dan, I feel like when we were talking about the songs that we wanted to do, this one for you was a non-negotiable. And I'm curious why. It's so fun. It's really funny, too, because I noticed um, in the doc when I was looking over your notes this morning that you did write the sentence, this was at the top of Dan's list for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And for the life of me, I, I not only cannot remember why, but I don't even remember that that was true. Um, 
I think that it was nice to hear something, you know, obviously uh, lesbian superstar Lori Michaels, like I'm a huge fan, lifelong. And so it was great, you know, to hear her work with one of my favorite housewives. So that must have been one of the reasons. Uh, in reality, I think that there was something about the simplicity and that the adaptation was going to be, as as we have said many times, the shortest walk. And what is actually really funny about it is that when you and I are record, ha, recorded it, it is now a male and a female singing it together. So for the first time in my life, it took our participation <laughs> to turn it into something heteronormative, mm -hmm. which is exactly what I'm here yeah. for. Um, <laughs> Finally, Jesus. Finally, yes. <laughs> you just strained it right out. The world, the world needs more yeah. of. Um, well, um, shall we hear a clip? And then I would like um, a little more information on what is mysteriously referred to in our episode doc as the harmonica incident. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excuse me, debacle. Mm, yeah. Uh -oh. Roll it. <laughs> You are the one I want to run to, the one I want to call. When all my dreams seemed shattered, when it seemed to lose it all. One I want to run to, one I want to call. You're my heart. You're the one I want to run to, the one I want to call. You're my heart. so scared to be close to you real close to you so close to you real close yeah <laughs> that sounds pretty good <laughs> <laughs> They tend yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. And I did, you know, when we were figuring out where, um, what clip from the song we wanted to use, that one seemed like a good one because it does have the sort of the full harmonies. Because other than that, it's just sort of this back and forth duet, a little musical break, that sort of thing. Um, but in Avoidance of adverbs, as you know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one, really. Real close, real close. Um, but I think the biggest transition that we made in this, as which was different from the other songs where we kind of took these, you know, very bombastic, um, kind of overproduced things, simplified it, and really stripped it away. This one actually felt like it needed a little more life um, and a little more oomph. So, you know, we made the transition to guitar. But then also kind of made the song a little bit less simpering. <laughs> like we just gave it a little more juice, a little more like straight ahead kind of sort of 80s duet influenced, I would say. Um, my touch point for this was extremes more than words, uh -huh. <laughs> uh, which has a similar kind of feel. But even like um, Always by Atlantic Star, Almost Paradise. I feel like these are songs where they have this romantic theme, but people are actually just singing them in a straight ahead way. It doesn't feel like you have to kind of be coy in the way that you're singing it. It's just like, we have feelings and we're going to harmonize about them right now. <laughs> yeah. Fearfully, but closely. Fearfully, <laughs> yet intimately. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was kind of the transition, but this one was a, a fun one to sing and it did... Um, 
I have to say in my solo verse, it was a little on the low side and I was trying to get the right feel for it. And um, Cher was my direct inspiration, going back to some of our <laughs> conversations from previous. But there are a few moments in there when I'm not real close to you. <laughs> There's a little hint of that. It just felt like it was in the right in the right register for that. Yeah, whereas the verses are way too high for me if you uh, <laughs> listen to them because I had to do all of the female verses as well. Yeah. But it helped as that Tracy and I, uh, you know, the first 20 years of our relationship was us uh, cutting our teeth on drunken karaoke duets from the 80s. So this one fit <laughs> right right into the pocket yeah, sure of some islands in the stream. Yeah, but I guess that, <laughs> I know. I guess that was the challenge of, you know, transitioning it to this um, a male-female duet was to to have the key work although i think that this i think that we do it in the same key as the original yeah i did not allow us to change yeah. the key i was like we are not madonna and this is not the evita <laughs> movie and i'm going to fucking pull it off in exactly the written key if if danielle can do it i can do it and I'm i like, you it. were tremendous <laughs> i think in the, i think you actually i think you were lesbian superstar Lori michaels and i was danielle I was. yeah yeah i i was indeed yes, oh no exactly, but no that I might not be right because definitely well no i don't know you know why do we have to choose we're we're both all of them <laughs> aren't we <laughs> the spectrum yeah, wow <laughs> oh yeah i'm sorry i'm just looking up Lori michaels right now i try to resist <laughs> doing this Oh, um, and I resisted. What are you? Yeah. <laughs> what are you finding? Um, oh, geez. All right, that's a different Laurie Michaels. Oh, apparently, because this one died uh, in May of oh. 2007. So, okay, oh, Laurie no. Michaels. Oh my God, Danielle Stop recorded this with the ghost of Laurie Michaels. LaurieMichaelsMusic.com. We when you visit this, um, there's sort of like a Ken Burnsy pan and scan of her um, publicity photos, like sliding across the. Um, Sliding across the screen, Lori Michaels, singer, songwriter, musician, producer, dance, fitness, performance instructor, vocal Go coach, <laughs> entertainer, international recording artist, lesbian superstar, <laughs> yes. the dyke diva, the dyke activist, diva. advocate, motivational speaker, host, entrepreneur, CEO, capital letters. She runs the show. For more, <laughs> click on the logos below. You can also uh, follow her at Lori Michaels now on Twitter. Wow. Will do. So she's um, just as thirsty. Yeah, I, th I think Who so. Knew? I mean, it's it's hard out there for a m musical pimp these mm. days. So well, she's got nine hundred ninety seven Twitter followers. So <laughs> just doing great. Wow. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at her Twitter you now. Guys, oh, she's is... got kids, does she? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know what's happening with Laurie Michaels. She does now. seem like the kind of person who would definitely insert mom at the top of this extremely long, mm. it's like five li lines. It's like a paragraph of um, titles. Yeah. She'd be like, singer, <gasps> songwriter, mom to, and she would definitely name right. her kids stuff like Ace and Right. Yeah. Rocker. Oh, yeah. Ace Michaels. <laughs> Ace Michaels. You know what I think she might be doing now by a, by a, a flip through her Instagram um, is producing <laughs> songs by children and teenagers. Oh. 
She has something called um, Peak Pack NJ. Who's this? Okay. They're just all of these children. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. Fast forward three years when we're all watching like a long form documentary series about this on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Mild, mild country. The Lori Michael no. story. <laughs> <laughs> or her participating in the Danielle Staub season of Making a Murderer. Oh my god! Oh no! Wow! I it's want to watch that. Um, I really do. <laughs> so, Tracy, would you be interested in speaking uh, beyond the adaptation and songwriting style of uh, the harmonica debacle? Just because Sarah brought it up. Sure. Oh, and I did find out. Sorry, if I may, if I may go back to the um, enigmatic Lori Michaels for a moment. <laughs> you got. I looked up her. Her. She's apparently affiliated with this organization, Peak Pack, P-A-C, which is in New Jersey. It is the area's leading center for performing arts, wellness, and fitness. Performing arts, wellness, and fitness? It features a state-of-the-art 11,000-square-foot facility of dance and fitness studios, professional recording studios, a kickboxing gym, a juice bar and cafe, a boutique and a hair salon. Wow. That's a lot going on. Well, good for her for being entrepreneurial. Sure. All right. Um, well, the goal then is to use this as the vehicle to finally pop that Lori Michaels Twitter count up over a thousand. <laughs> we can do it, Mass Ass audience. Come on, you guys. <laughs> yes. Um, Happy Michaelmas. Yeah. At Lori, L O R I, Michaels now. Um, okay, so the harmonica debacle. I'm just trying to avoid talking about it, clearly. <laughs> so when we were in the studio, you know, Dan would have ideas. And one of his ideas was, we really need a harmonica solo in this song. And I was like, okay. And so I thought, (laughs) so at first I was like, I have a set of harmonicas that I've never played, but I'm sure I can pick it up. Um, This was false. So I went home and I tried and I was like, playing the harmonica harder than it looks. So then I, so I said to myself, I know someone who plays harmonica, and it happens to be my father-in-law. Um, and so, and he is a very good blues harmonica player, loves it, not professionally, but you know, he um, plays in, in some different formats. And so um, over, actually over the holidays last year, I was like, can you do this solo? Um, it would be great, blah, blah, blah. And so... He had to had to order a special harmonica to do it <laughs> um, oh my because God. apparently it is that complex. And we set up a little recording studio in his office uh, at my in-law's house. And then um, we did many takes of it and it it just didn't quite work. <laughs> and so um, and we tried some things um, in post-production, kind of putting it in, listening to all the takes, blah, blah, blah. And it still just wasn't quite working. And it was a very, you know, sort of time intensive thing in which he had to learn this part um, and record it, et cetera, et cetera. It was the holidays. Um, And then we had to, like, make the ruthless producer decision to just cut it. (laughs) Oh, no. I know. So it's not in the final version. He really put in a a great effort. And at one point, like (laughs) over the, I don't know, in the spring, he was like, hey, so how's the song? Can I hear it? And I was like. Well, <laughs> um, but he took it all in stride because he is wonderful. 
and a great harmonica player. But you know, this the, stylistically, this was a bit different. I think. From well, I mean, I does. think it does make sense if one of your um, one of your comps is extreme. That that does seem like what was their other big hit where they were like walking around <laughs> strumming angrily. Cold hearted. Yes. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't remember. Cold hearted. <laughs> wow, Dad. They had another hit. Cold hearted. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's a harmonica in that song, but yeah. that does seem like the kind of the kind of thing that if that's your if that's your comp and you're trying to get in that extreme <laughs> space, mm-hmm. yeah. that that's a sentence that I just said. Um, <laughs> and that a harmonica is like, yeah, I mean, bongos. Then you're really off oh. the res, but um... although maybe bongos because it speaks to well, first of all, it also like besides the fact that I, you know, the process of demanding that something be done that I'm unable to do myself <laughs> and then refusing to take accountability for it when it goes wrong <laughs> is called executive producing. <laughs> but I, but I I'm think familiar. That it speaks, yeah, <laughs> I think that it speaks to how thin the source material is on this one and how much to Tracy's earlier point, we needed to just keep like hanging tinsel and other like bangles on it to try to turn it into an actual like piece of music. And so it was like, can we add in a fiddle? Mm. Can we put in, you know, so again, I wouldn't even be mad at bongos, but um, it did end up a fuller sounding song than the original, right? Because what other instrumentation is there? It's really just two guitars. So I did the basic rhythm and then when the harmonica Monica um, did not work out. Actually, before I had my uh, my bandmate, uh, and, and I'm part of a duo called Cardboard Ox, and so my I asked my bandmate Steve Elaine, who's a great guitar player, if he could just come in and do a second uh, acoustic guitar part, and he did and did a little um, solo during that break, which is now the one that uh, is in there. And I think with the harmonica, our mistake was perhaps trying to have my father-in-law do the the kind of little solo um, motif exactly as is in the original, which is that sort of do 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 which maybe wasn't really amenable to harmonica. So we probably just should have let him have a like go forth and have at it. But you know, these things happen. It's a cutthroat world, the music industry. Well, that's true. <laughs> and then when it's like morphing into life is a highway, you're like, I don't know if I can be here with this. So yeah. <laughs> they want to be so close all night long. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway. giving you um, sort of significance to the name Rascal Flats. It's messed up. <laughs> well, she was a little she... pitchy there at the beginning, dog, but she, she brought it back online, which is not something you yeah. can necessarily say any of her um, colleagues, at mm. least in our coverage, can necessarily yeah. do. She did have some time wow, would you... as well. Mm. <laughs> not to... <laughs> so wait, Sarah, so vocally, would you say she's <laughs> best of breed of the four songs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Erica <gasps> Jane, wow. you can't really... But yeah, like t- as far as like native talents, like I'm not sure I can even compare Erica mm. Jane exactly because who, mm-hmm. knows what, who knows what that was. And that's not the point of it. Yeah. The yeah. point of that True. is to like get it auto tuned up into a dance track and then look at her butt and mm-hmm. check and check like we did all that. Um, so I don't think she's bad, but I don't know if she's bad. She could be horrible. But I think Danielle, you know, Danielle's like a reasonably talented high school 
corral soloist um, striver who is not going to do this for a living and is not mm. doing this for a living because she's yeah. being herself for a living. I, I could see her getting up there and doing like uh, with like her um, her uh, passable vocal skills and her physical flexibility giving a really tremendous karaoke performance in some sort of you too. Sort of Siri, Siri, can you define damning with faint praise, please? Uh, she is very flexible. <laughs> Well, I look forward to hopefully getting all four of these artists that we've featured so far together as a traveling super group a la the traveling Willberries or the um, the tour that the American Idol contestants all yeah. go on after the season wraps because I think that they should all be uh, um, featuring their musical <laughs> endeavors uh, together. They were or we could just do it for a them. A barbershop mm-hmm. quartet. <laughs> what would they be called? I know. Uh-huh. I know. Okay. These women. <laughs> these women. I was going to go with double D flat, but I think these women. Oh, no. <laughs> these women play the clip. <laughs> those women. All four of those women. There's an animal thrown in with a bunch of women. Teresa. Danielle, look at your ugly, stanky house. They, you walk in and smell like dog. Her house needs to be re-renovated. Do you realize that you use the word woman as yeah. the plural? It's been pointed out to me. <laughs> A lot. Bit. Yeah. Right. So the plural of woman is? Woman. <laughs> Women. 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 <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Oh my God. All right. All right. Well, now that we've um, diagnosed <sighs> Danielle mentally and musically and <clears throat> located Lori Michaels alive, well, and living on an exercise ball, <laughs> uh, any other thoughts before we go to our outro? I just feel like we should mention that this song has a subtitle within its title. It has a parenthetical. So it is called Real Close, parentheses. Tortured lullaby. <laughs> well, then I, yes, the barbershop quartet will be called the Tortured Lullabies. <laughs> God bless them all. Emphasis no. on bye. Oh, <laughs> these oh, women, parentheses, tortured this lullaby. Poor, <laughs> this poor women. <laughs> All right, Dan and Tracy, uh, here comes that outro music that lets people know where mm. they can download all this good stuff. Money Can't Buy You Podcast is produced by the Mastis Podcast Network with editing by Sarah. We also want to thank our engineer, Ross Lenzig, who is responsible for the high quality of these lovely songs, plus Steve Elaine for his guitar work this time round. Yeah. Oh, and if you would like to listen to some non-tortured lullabies, uh, please go to rilullaby.bandcamp.com. This is a compilation that I was part of, of Rhode Island singer-songwriters performing lullabies, and all of the proceeds go to Raices, which is providing free and low-cost legal services to families who have been separated at the border. So no torture, I promise. That is fantastic. And we'll link all of these fine things in the show notes. Perfect. 
All right, we shall leave it there. You can find Dan and Tracy's version of the songs at moneycampbyupodcast.bandcamp.com. Also available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever fine music is sold. Uh, Tracy and I will be back with another batch of songs real soon, and we want to thank Mark and Sarah one more time. I am, um, I am Dan. And I'm Tracy. And I'm Sarah. Thank you for listening to episode four of Money Can't Buy You podcast. What's next in 2019? We just have no idea. So stick around, uh, subscribe, and this will pop up in your feed for Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs with possibly Melissa Gorga's single. Who could say? Let's hope. <laughs> Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.